Good day. When I was like most people in school, high school or before that, I didn't understand what history meant. It, it, it seemed like this drudgery that we had to involve ourselves with. And most people have absolutely no idea. I always think that geography is the worst subject. Because I don't know, I'm, I'm not, I can't say I'm a part of um, schools today, so I don't know who's doing what, but you cannot understand what's happening in the world if you don't understand propinquity and borders and it, you, you just, it, it means nothing to you. This is our side of the world, very simple. This is the rest of the world. It's a little, it's a little bit more complicated. So that's one thing. And history, well, what does it even mean? What does it even... Well, I did a brand new piece for LionelMedia.com. This is my, as you know, my private channel. And do all kinds of great stuff that is in the world. All kinds of stuff that is in the the news, as you can imagine, all the stuff that people want to talk about. I go into great, great detail about that because, um, and by the way, there's the private channel. And please, if you're listening on a mobile phone or something, you must hit the more section in order to see the rest of it. But I find that most people I can't talk to. It's always been like that. And when it comes to politics, let me ask you your question. Let me ask you this question. If you had to come up with a word, if you had to come up with a word, a phrase, not really a phrase, a label, uh, a, a doctrine that explains your political ideology, what would it be? Give me, give me a name. What are you? Republican, uh, Democrat, liberal, conservative, libertarian, progressive, paleoconservative, neoconservative, anarcho, anarcho, uh, nihilist. uh, what, what, What word, what word best describes you? Because people do this all the time. They, they love to use the term. What is the best word? Someone writes, all history is someone's opinion. In part. Napoleon said that history is a myth that men agree with. Tolstoy said, as you know, history would be a wonderful thing if only it were true. I think either Hindenburg Hindenburg or Franklin said, history is written by the winners. People say conservative. One writes stoic. You, You write... You tell people you are a stoic. A stoic. Carlos writes, I'm an anarch- anarchist. Live and let live. That's anarchy? Do you know what anarchy means? Do you know what that term means? Does it mean no laws? No. No. Anarchy is the opposite, especially in international law, if you listen to Mearsheimer, anarchy is the opposite of hierarchy. 
Okay. Ed Koch, Democrat. Does not make any sense. Libertarian of yore, again, means nothing. Independent, humanist. What does that mean? How do you work in to your situation? You're a humanist. How do you handle border disputes, crime, social spending, taxation as a humanist? Doesn't help. It doesn't help. You see where we get with this? Let me give you a couple of things. Let me give you a couple of things. Someone writes, Roman Apostolic Catholic. Again, not going to help you with political conversations. Conservative Libertarian. Again, (laughs) these are words that are like this. People think Libertarian is it's it's a good term. Conservative. Progressive. People use a term that they consider to be a, um, a positive. Uh, nobody says, you know, delusional. Nobody uses that as a title. Let me give you a couple of ideas here which are very interesting. There's something called realism. And realism is what my belief is. Realism is, it doesn't even sound like a belief. It's like, that's, is that, it's big in international law. In international law. Uh, Interpretation. Realism is is really it. It means, it's also known as political realism, it's an international kind of a term that stresses its competitive and conflictual side. Uh, It is usually contrasted with idealism or liberalism, which tends to emphasize cooperation. It has nothing to do with theory. Realism is one of the dominant schools of thought in international relations, theoretically formalizing the realpolitik statesmanship of early modern Europe. And realpolitik is my favorite. Without a doubt, there is nothing that says it better, in my humble opinion, than this very than this than this seemingly this kind of seemingly um I don't know what the word is. This this rather real real doesn't mean real as in you know versus imaginary. It means something a little bit different. And the whole idea, and I love actually well, I like well crafted definitions. Real politique or real politic refers to enacting or engaging in diplomatic. Or this is from various definitions or political policies or ideologies and like based on considerations of given circumstances, facts, factors, situations, rather than strictly binding yourself to ideological notions or moral and ethical, theoretical. It's what's actually happening versus the way it should be. And invariably, when somebody gives a name to what they believe in, they are not proponents of realpolitik. When you say conservative, liberal, progressive, uh, you're saying it in a way that's more of an ideological than practical. How does a... I'm I'm not sure, a progressive or a liberal handle, I don't know, um, entitlements? You don't really know. 
Most people, by, by virtue of, I think, our climate, our political labels are something that are a part of who we think we are, if that makes any sense. We like to use these terms. I want you to hold on for one second. I want you to stop for a minute because we're going to talk about something right now. This is something very, very important. This is one of our incredibly important and critical sponsors. And I cannot thank them enough, of course. And the first one, very simply, is My Patriot Supply. Now, right now, if you go to My Patriot Supply, specifically preparewithlionel.com, read for yourself what we are talking about. When you talk about food preparedness, emergency food, it, it conjures up in many people's minds, I don't know what, I don't understand what it is, but it's almost like, is it frontier-like? Is it reactionary? It's probably one of the most rational, <laughs> the most obvious choices you can make in terms of insurance. That's why you should go to preparewithlionel.com. And right now you can save $250 on a three-month emergency food kit. It's their lowest price in three, well, maybe now going on four years. And you have to act while you can. Preparewithlionel.com. 2,000 calories a day. Breakfast, lunch, dinner, snacks, drinks. 120 pounds in stacked, in these very easily stackable modular buckets, water resistant. And they last forever. Think about this. A 25-year shape, shelf life, 21 variety, varieties, made in the USA, no MSG added, six rugged water-resistant buckets, free shipping, free immediately now. Think about this. The best deal since 2019. So go to preparewithlionel.com, preparewithlionel.com, and see for you, it makes implicit and total sense. And in addition to that wonderful, wonderful sponsor, we also thank our dear, dear friends from MyPillow.com. MyPillow.com, which makes, again, I don't, you don't even have to explain the value of pillows and the like. You call 800-645-4965, 800-645-4965. If you are like me and sometimes like to hear an actual voice, go to prepare, prepare go to MyPillow.com, promo code Lionel, and receive a free gift. Do you hear what I'm saying? A free gift. And look at what's happening. Every single day, virtually every single day, they are changing the website and right now they've got a bathrobe closeout sale, Giza sheet sets, the overstock sale, my pillow per kale sheet sets as low as twenty nine ninety eight. They change constantly, but the ones that are really selling, of course, are the slippers. They're almost anxiolytic in terms of how they make you feel great. Twenty five percent of all the bones in your body are in your feet. Think about that. Now what better way to say I love you to yourself? being able to slide across the floors of your abode in my pillow slippers. Go there. Remember, my promo, mypillow.com, promo code Lionel, promo code Lionel. Go there now. They are simply perfection. Now, the other day we were talking about Kevin McCarthy. Let me tell you where all this led to. Kevin McCarthy, 
and people wanted friends of mine. Of course, my friends, they're wonderful people. I make it sound like I don't like them. I like them, but they just don't know anything. They just don't know anything. And they don't want to know anything. So we're talking about the Speaker of the House. And I asked my friend, I said, what does the Speaker do? Oh, have you ever had, have you ever done that before? What exactly does the Speaker do? And always start off like this, Dave, you know, you're a pretty sharp guy. And if anybody would know this, you would. Because I know you're a news junkie. And I know you would know this. And they kind of, well, and they, they feel the, they, 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 they feel the level of, you know, what am I trying to say? The level of, of, of you know, compliments. Dave, what exactly is a speaker of the house? What does he or she do? And what? And wait. Don't say any more. Follow that up with, what exactly is the Federal Reserve? What exactly, how, how does the United Nations work vis-a-vis? Ask the simplest of questions regarding subjects that people talk about all the time. And perhaps one of the greatest speakers of all, and I did this at my private channel, was Henry Clay and something called the American theory, the American system of government, the American system, Henry Clay from Kentucky, one of the most, the granddaddies of this. And when you listen to what he said, what the original drafters of the Constitution said, this is a fellow who is going to be mostly governed by compromise, not by ideological but compromise. It was most probably suggested, suspected, thought that maybe, maybe 10%, maybe 10, a little bit, of all legislation should become law. Now think about that. You go, whoa, whoa, what? He's the gatekeeper. Not everything becomes law. Oh, no, 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 no. But what does and what doesn't? Listen to him. Read. YouTube, in in particular, has some of the greatest lectures from professors and uh, continuing education and history classes. All are there for you. And I would venture to say most people, with all due respect, never care the slightest about who these people are. Henry Clay? Yeah. Who or what is Henry Clay? When you think of the Speaker of the House in particular, and you and the history of, does this have to be someone who is, is, is a member of Congress? Hard to say. Tench Cox, my, my, one of my favorites. His, his, uh, his, he was the Pennsylvanian who wrote about, uh, I went to his grave in uh, Philly whenever we are able to stop by. I pay my respects. Some of the best words ever. But the first, the fir- listen to this, the, the, the first Speaker of the House, Frederick Augustus Conrad Muhlenberg. Remember Muhlenberg County? This is the great John Prine song. 
Frederick Muhlenberg. Now, throughout history, some of the names, Henry Clay, he was the 18th, oh no, excuse me, he was the 12th, 13th, 14th, 15th, 16th, and 18th Speaker of the House. The, 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 the granddaddy of them all. How about these great ones? Listen to this. During these, these should ring a bell. How about Cannon? Remember this? Joseph Cannon. This is the Cannon office building. Would you go to D.C.? He was the 58th, 59th, 60th, 61st Speaker of the House. And then we get into names that Longworth. Nicholas Longworth, the Longworth Building. Longworth was the 69th, 70th, 71st Speaker of the House. And then later on we say things like, look at this, we have, oh, Rayburn, Sam Rayburn. Oh, my God. One, now, now we get into one of the, the equivalents to LBJ. Rayburn was the 77th, 78th, 79th, 81st, 82nd, 84th, 85th, 86th, 87th Speaker of the House. Then came John McCormick, the 87th, 88th, 89th, 90th, and 91st. Then Carl Albert. It's a wonderful statue of him. The 92nd, 93rd, 94th. Speaker of the House. And Thomas P. Tip O'Neill, 96th, 97th, 98th, and 99th. One thing that you will always hear, this misapplication of fact, and it works something like this. Thomas P. Tip O'Neill, who was very good friends with Reagan, they had a drink, they got along, they were, this is when politicians were admirable and honorable. Different, 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 different concept, different time, a different zeitgeist, so to speak. But Tip O'Neill purportedly said all politics is local. Remember that? He didn't say that. His father said that. The story, as I heard, was that Tip O'Neill, I believe who, I think, the story goes he lost his very first race. He was dejected. And he went to his father and said, what do I do? He said, you forgot something. All politics is local was his father. These were different people. This is negotiating. This is negotiating. This is this was a different time that I would have loved where there was respect and honor and deportment and 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 just politeness. Politeness. We don't have that anymore. There's no it's 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 a time that perhaps maybe maybe it's just. But then again, one could say, well, you know, to be to be very fair, during that time there were people who were beating each other almost to death on the floor of the house, and one person almost died. And you know, okay, okay, it's a very very good point. But you cannot understand anything about now unless you understand history, unless you've heard it, unless you hear. Remember, it's the same Constitution. And this is not really something subject to Supreme Court 
interpretation and the like. Normally, people, the Supreme Court is not going to be getting involved. I mean, it could. Supreme Court is more Bill of Rights and Commerce Clause and other particular aspects of it, but not this. See, we live in a different world right now. We live in a soundbite world. We live in a different, a different, a different time. And there are people who don't understand that that when you say, "Why haven't they signed this? Why haven't they done something about this?" Congress was never intended to just be pumping out legislation. The speaker will see sometimes that some legislation never hits it. Imagine being the Speaker of the House during a time when the country was about to split via civil war, when you had slavery. You will never understand the true context of slavery vis-a-vis politics in Washington. Never. Never understand that. Never understand it. It is the most fascinating subject. It is so... You, you, you wonder sometimes, was this really the product of the of our drafters' genius or was this a part of just some sloppily, you know, slapdash, thrown-together pastiche and, you know... You call it some uh, um, mosaic of stuff that wasn't really smooth. There's a lot that's missing, but yet it's it's incredible. There are countries that have constitutions, and they have they have they they have constitutions that deal with the most incredible things that are. Absolutely written out rights and privileges. Well, not privileges, but but rights that you can't believe. But they're called parchment rights, meaning they're never they're never enforced. There's nobody to enforce what the Constitution says. We have this thing where we have this beautiful balance where one can enforce or limit the other. Changing the subject a little bit. If you ever want to see something that's interesting, look and see how fentanyl works, how opioids work, what they do. You will also marvel, as do I, by how many people cannot pronounce fentanyl. They call it fentanyl, O-L, when it's fentanyl, Y-L. I'll never understand that. I just, I just, I just don't get it, but people, you know, they just... They just do. They just say these things and, you know, what are you going to do? And the idea of excitatory and inhibitory. You know, glutamate versus um, the inhibitory, you know, dopamines and these other... And what's so interesting about it is that there's this wonderful push and pull and accelerator and break and accelerator and break and that's... When I was when I was reading about this, I thought this is this is Congress. It's the same thing. It's this incredibly fascinating idea of how this thing works. And when you understand how, oh my God, fentanyl in particular, when it affects respiratory mu receptors in the gut, mu receptors which affect peristalsis and constipation. Mu receptors in the the hypothalamus that affect respiration, which slow things down. Here's one for you: people who have people who are coming off of fentanyl, people who have been so deadened, whose excitatory, who glutamate overdoses by virtue of this imbalance, they have not felt 
anything. They are incapable of the ability to process. When they are withdrawing, everything on them, their their skin, their clothing, their sheets, the, the wind, the feet, they are in agony by virtue of this over... It's, it's fascinating. Of course, we're not going to get into that. Because we, for the most part, are told... Don't go deep into something. Enjoy the playground of the superficial. Just stay at the very top level. Don't go too deep into something. Don't ask yourself, well, why is this? Don't do that. Don't do that. History is something that if only... If I could go back and do it now, I could not have possibly understood this at the age of 17 or 18. That I do now. There's no way. I just could not, could not have done it. I don't know when it was, but something turned on. The light turned on. I don't know when this was. I'm trying to think of when was that. It it just, in terms of, oh. And it's epiphany and aha, but something else happens. You know, epiphany moments are when we realize, oh, got it. Something like, that's the way it works. It's a feeling of almost excitement. Animals don't have that. We have that. It's this feeling, you, I hope you have it. The sense of, oh. Now, add one more level to that, and that is awe, where you say, not only do you understand it, you, you, you can't believe what you're seeing. Sometimes I listen to statistics about outer space and planets and When you think of there are stars, like we can put 8 million Earths inside our sun, and don't quote me on this, and there is another star, either a dwarf nova, where we can put 83 million suns inside. I mean, the numbers, the numbers just, I can't process these. A trillion stars with a trillion planets in a trillion galaxies, you know, this trillion, 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 these these numbers, you know, 10 to the, it was a 10 to the 12, if a billion is 10 to the 9, 10 to the 12, times 10 to the 12, so that's 10 to the 24. <laughs> well, sometimes I think that when we travel to Washington and you see the way it's supposed to be, and by the way, people during those particular times always said the same thing. They had problems with, you know, lethargy and the like. But imagine what it was like when you have Henry Clay and others worried that they're going to be able, that, that, that some country is going to come in. And while the United States was in this fractious kind of a, you know, not very solid uh, state, these other folks are going to come in and they're going to other countries in essence come in and then take over. Imagine if Spain came in during this and told, told Maine, listen, why don't you work with us? You've got no allegiance to these people. Think about that. This is what Clay was thinking about. This is when the Monroe Doctrine came along. 
also later on. The idea of telling people, stay out of the Western Hemisphere. Does that sound familiar? You can't understand history unless you understand how the Western, the, the Monroe Doctrine works, how that worked in 1962, how the Cuban Missile Crisis, how it was really about missiles in Turkey, and how we have forgotten how we utilized the Monroe Doctrine and other countries, if they do it, this very same thing, we think of it as, oh my God, this is draconian. Don't you know American history? No, you don't. It's this level of... It's like not knowing something. If I could turn off your scent, your ability to smell anything, I could probably set more fires than you can imagine because you'll never smell anything burning. You'll never have that. Think about it. If I can shut down your eyes, obviously. History is almost like a scent, a sense. I'm turning something off. Nothing, this, this doesn't mean anything to you. We don't understand the Constitution because we never have classes to explain. Citizens need to go to learn what this means before you go on social media, before you watch cable TV, before you scream and yell about something. You have to know how, wh- how does this work. What does it say? What does this not say? Go through the news. We have this reaction society. We just react to things without any framework whatsoever. If you had never heard of a sport before, if you were from another planet and saw a football game for the first time with no context of or perspective on, um, you know, competition, points, athleticism, rivalries, tribalism. If you didn't know what this was, what would you think football was? What would you think if you had no sense of history? You wouldn't know what, what, what is this? Competition. Competition? It's a team. A team? Why are you doing this? Because it's athleticism. To see who wins. To see who wins what? The game. What's a game? It's an artificial competition system where we have an arbitrary system of rules where people do various things to get either points or what have you. And then after a certain period of time or after a certain amount of scores, it ends and we declare somebody a winner. And what happens then? Then they have bragging rights. What does that mean? Well, in this particular case, we have the... Believe me, when you have to when you have to hear something for the first remember the old did you ever hear um, Andy Griffith do the and they called it football. You know, he's on the phone and then Bob Newhart did the thing on the phone and he thought, boy, that was so clever. Till you realize Georgie Jessel did it way before they did. Talking to Mama and he would if you heard rap, how many young people today think, wow, I love rap and hip-hop? Go back a little further. Debbie Harry, Blondie, one of the first. Wow, go back. Gil Scott Heron, the revolution will not be televised. Uh, Johannesburg, whatever. Go back. Cab Calloway, go back. Country music, Hank Snow, syncopated lyrics, go back. There's, if, you, if you don't realize, this is all everybody's... Everybody has been doing this, but it was called something else. It puts things in perspective. Have you seen pizza shows? Pizza's bread with stuff on it. 
Bread with stuff on it. Bread with stuff in it. <laughs> bread with stuff. I mean, there's no... You can call it whatever you want. You can call it a turnover. You can call it pizza. You can call it a calzone. You can call it an empanada. You can call it whatever you want. You can, it's, it's bread with stuff in it. I mean, they've been doing this since somebody... Now, the first guy that I want to meet... Yeah, people want to meet people who made the egg. The egg is, I got an idea. Why don't we eat that? That's okay because... You you could have obviously seen birds and other people eat eggs, and you would have thought, okay, maybe there's maybe that's where you got the idea. But the person who came up with a sausage versus a wiener or a frankfurter or a sausage stuffed intestine casing, now that is a thinker. What is that, serendipity? How did you do that? Who would have thought? The first time anybody hunted, the first time anybody hunted and went through the entrails the the guts of something that they cook. The last thing in the world, and you've probably nicked it or cut it or whatever, the last thing you're going to world is, wait, wait a minute. This makes a wonderful tube for us to put meat in. Do you know what that is? Yes. Do, do you smell this? Yes. You want to put food in there? Oh, we'll clean it out. What? Somebody somewhere said, no, 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 I got an idea. We're going to use the intestines. We're going to use this as a sausage case. A, a, a sausage why don't we just eat it? No. Maybe you could smoke and impairment. When you look at things that way, it's fascinating. What are the three societies that made all the cooking that we know? China, Rome, and Greece. That's it. French, brand new. Brand new. Those are the old ones. And Chinese, number one. Frying, baking, this and that. Brilliant. If you don't understand perspective or history, nothing means anything to you. Nothing. And if you don't appreciate it, even when I tell you this, there's something wrong with you. You're missing the beauty of something. Oh, I see. Same thing with behaviors. Behaviors. Why do we do things? Let me ask you a question. You're very smart people. Why do you think when we say yes, why is this yes? In most cultures all over the world, this is yes, this is no. This is no. Why? Where did that come from? When you think about that, I'm dying to hear your versions of that. I want to talk to you about two other incredible, incredible sponsors that we want to thank. First is our friends at Z-Stack. Now, right now, you are catching on to this because... We are very, very attuned to the notion of phytonutrients and bioavailable phytonutrients that we need. We have immunodeficiency disorders of every conceivable kind, from flu season to you name it. Throw that into the mix, plus poor diet, a lack of sleep. We don't sleep enough, you know it. And quality sleep, hence the my pillow folks, but the adverse reactions to medical treatments, a lack of exercise, lethargy, stress, depression. Your system is taking a... I'm sorry. I don't have to tell you this. So right now, a bottle of Z-Stack would be perfect. Also for you and for your kids. One bottle, think about this, or bottle, as they say here, has not only these wonderful vitamins such as zinc, Vitamin C, oh, and vitamin D, vitamin D. You know how I love D. And plant-based nutrients like quercetin, antioxidants, flavonoids. 
they, they, they scavenge particles in the body known as free radicals, which, which damage cell membranes, damage uh, DNA. It's just perfect. Phytonutrients, plant nutrients, plant-based, bioavailable, meaning they're there. Just because you take a whole bunch of it doesn't mean you're going to get it. Doesn't mean it's going to do anything. So right now, right now is a chance for you to do something so, so smart. Use this link right here. And by the way, if you're listening on a phone, hit more. So you can see below. Get this URL. You will thank me later for ZStack. Get 15% off. Okay? 15% off. It's that simple. And speaking of something on a more, I guess, <laughs> I remember the first time I talked to you about EMPs. You made me so proud because you said, oh, I know what that is. I ask folks and they've never heard of this. Lord have mercy. You've never heard of EMPs? Never heard of electromagnetic pulses ever? Carrington class events? Lord an electromagnetic pulse, basically, it is feared, it is believed, it was seen, will basically destroy all electronics in society, as we know. Other than that, it's no big deal. And that's why there's this wonderful Midwest uh, veteran-owned company called EMP Shield that has undergone testing at Keystone Compliance, which is a military-certified facility and is listed by the Department of Homeland Security. And they have devices that can protect not just your vehicle and your home, which are critical, but your generator, solar system, ham radio, RV, and much more. And as everything becomes more and more electric and smart and green or whatever, well, needless to tell you, an electromagnetic pulse... Put it this way. We're not talking that little strip at the bottom of your, that you plug your computer into. This is serious. So go right now. Use this link. Use this link. And where is it? How about right here? There we go. Use this EMP attacks are real. Eliminate the threat right now and go there. Think safety and security. Go and use this link. Just go for yourself and check. EMP shield. Okay. So why do you think we do this? Why do we do that? Why do we do that? For years, people wanted to know. What is the history? I love stuff like this. Why? Go to any country. Do you like this? Mmm. What's that? Mmm. Sounds good, doesn't it? Mmm. Why do you make that noise? Of all the noise you can make versus... Yeah. We all, we all kind of get that one. Well, it was believed, it has been posited, it has been advanced, that when babies, since the time of our entry into the world, when we suckled, when we nursed, this was the motion. This was the motion that not only stimulated lactation, but also, that's why cats do the... If you hear that, they make the, what do they call them, muffins, whatever, they do this kind of a thing. They mm, mm. Well, supposedly they found that is also trying to find the, the, the mammala, so to speak. And this, this moving around and the, either to tell mom, here I am, or a variety of things. But this is what you do when you were nursing. This, this motion, mm, just that thought. 
think about this. And when something is in your mouth, something that you want to spit out, how do you get rid of it? Not like that, like this. You want to fling it. You want to get it out of your mouth. You want to know. Now, does that is that the answer? I don't know. But it fascinates me. Fascinates me. I love the way we do this. I love laughing. I love to hear people in every every language, every culture, people who've never heard any language other than their own, no matter how primitive, no matter how advanced, they laugh the same. What is laughing? Why do we laugh? What is this? This paroxysmal, diaphragmatic kind of a laugh. What is it? Huh? Where are the likes? I have no idea where the likes are. Pouring my heart out, and there are no likes. That's a very good question. Where are these likes? What does this mean? Oh, my God. There are things that people do differently. I used to say people sign their name, but they don't sign their name anymore. But the way people sneeze, your sneeze is your... It is It is you. It is your... How do I say this? It is your signature, the way people sneeze. My mother sneezed so loud, people would, uh, trains would derail, uh, birds would lose flight. It, it was it was the most frightening thing you've ever heard in your life. It, it was it was inhuman. It was it, it wasn't normal. It wasn't by any stretch of the imagination normal in any way whatsoever. None. But. And also laughing. Laughing is something that is how you do it. Is something you cannot help. And there's nothing. The most, the most beautiful, the most gorgeous and beauteous thing ever that I can think of is when a little baby is laughing and it knows something. And dogs don't have it. Chimps don't have it. Birds don't have it. Nothing. It knows something's different. It says, Mom, Dad, this. Something is happening right now. It's different. It's weird. And it's okay. And I am amused. And I understand it. It's absurd. You're doing something crazy. Something's funny happening. You're repeating something. I'm, I'm being titillated. I'm being... Uh... How does it know this? And when a child does not laugh. When a child does not make eye contact, when a child does not do that, we are very concerned about that. When a child does not laugh, does not find something funny, it's the most incredible thing in the world. Dogs don't do that. Laughing is different. Laughing is so higher order. To process something and then to evaluate it, what you're doing is you're commenting on the, 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 um, the absurdity of it. This th- I, 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 I can't talk enough, but when they when they look at you and something will kill them, l- they will laugh. And that's why, that's why their innocence, their purity, they are so perfect. They have, they don't know anything about hate. They don't know anything about anything. All they know is about love. All they know is about happy, about eating and mom and dad and and the dog, and uh, they don't know jealousy. They, 
they don't know anything. I mean, they can be a little persnickety if they're not feeling good. That's why they're, it's like the perfect human being. And then reality comes in. Reality comes in. And that's why they are to be protected. Laura Floyd says, I love to laugh. Well, it depends where. We were at an event one time. This is Chuckles a Clown. Remember this? We were at a, it was, a, we, we were at a church and it was the one year, well, not one year. It was a, it was the memorial for a, a, a departed relative. And nothing was going on. Nothing was going on. Until something happened and in our party, one of our members did one of these, you know, burst out laughing. It sounded like a convulsion. And there was nothing going on. That's the funny part. And people were just... And the more we looked at her, the worse she she just lost it. Still don't understand to this day what that was about. But the suppression of it Chuckles the Clown, if you remember this. The suppression. The idea that don't laugh. There's nothing funny going on. And it... Was that humor? I was analyzing. I was thinking about this. Was that really... Was she really laughing? Was she laughing at it? Or was she laughing at the fact that she couldn't laugh? And then there's something about being in a situation where you cannot... The priest of this particular event, I'll never forget, all of a sudden, I don't know what happened, but he pulls his Bella Lagosi, and all he, he was, you know, for those of us who are here to sanction the love. So anyway, I turned to someone at a party, and I just said, good evening. That's it. And I can keep a straight face. I'm thinking, what is so funny about this? It's not funny outside. It's only funny now because you're not supposed to laugh. Now, you figure that one out. You try explaining this one to some foreign critter, some ex- extraterrestrial, why we laugh and why we laugh when we're not supposed to laugh. And the more we tell somebody, don't laugh. And it's considered silly. And uh, Because remember something. When you laugh with somebody, they like you. I was picking a jury one time, and I it, it was a it was our arm robbery. It was a good group, and I said, "Mrs. So and So," she was happy to be Cuban. I said, "Do the police ever make a mistake?" I'm the defense lawyer. Do the police ever make a mistake? Sure. I said, "Come on, that's on TV." No, they don't. No, come on, make a mistake now today. Sure, they make a mistake. Now, the prosecutor is not listening to any of this. Now, everybody was smiling. And I said, do you think they can make a mistake now? Do you, I mean, would, would, would it ever get to the trial level? Sure. <laughs> and they start laughing. And we're talking later on with the judge. I said, do you know why they were laughing? Because they liked me. They trusted me. They didn't laugh with the other person. When you laugh with somebody, you like them. Laughing is laughing is something which is very, very... I'm not going to get into smiles. I'm not going to get into that. I'm not going to get into smiles, yawning, sneezing. Sneezing, I kind of know what that is. But, but it is... Now, you're going to ask yourself, 
How did we go from Henry Clay to sneezing and laughing in church? Simple. Everything that we see, everything around us that's the most fascinating, we're not talking about. What we're talking about, for the most part, is the most overly done, overly, it's, it's been picked apart to death. Go through anything on social media and you see these are the topics that everybody has talked to the point where there is nothing, where you have, you have, you have taken this rag and you squeeze it to the point there's not a drop of anything left. That's what that is. Okay? That's all I'm going to tell you. Period. Now, if you like this stuff, number one, you will love this, and I want you to go to follow me on Twitter. You got that? Follow me on Twitter. Now, more importantly, right? So I, you heard me. More importantly, I want you to go. Mrs. L, her YouTube channel is fat. She did some brand new stuff, which I implore you. I beseech and treat, importune you to follow right here. This is it. And again, I'm telling you, if you're listening to this on a device, you got to go and look at the more section because there it is. You got you to see this. See this incredible stuff. All right, it's very, very important. And more importantly, it means the world to me and I ask you, if you love us and if you love what Mrs. L is doing and she's doing such incredible work, Follow Lynn's Warriors thusly, right here, on our view, right here. That's it. Right there. Just click on and follow it. I don't want to hear how I don't follow it. No, 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 no. Trust me, trust me. All right, my friends, it's a nice 40 degrees. Yesterday it was freezing. Absolutely freezing. And it wasn't that cold. Wasn't that, what was that? It was nothing. But for some reason, isn't that funny? 41 degrees. I thought to myself, this is this is the end of the world. And we've had 5 degrees, 10, where it's like, ah. We'll get into relativity of experiential things and the like, and I mean that most sincerely. And let me thank you. Thank you again for being here. Thank you for being a part of this. Thank you again for being a part of this thing that we do. Please follow me on Twitter. And also, one more time, if you really want to hear the good stuff, not that this isn't the good stuff, okay, but I did some, well, there's some other things in the news that, well, you can only imagine. I have a little bit of a more demonstrable take. And that is my private channel right there. I would be so honored if you came on board and joined. All right, my friends, have a great and a glorious day. Don't ever change. I mean that sincerely. And until uh, tomorrow, same bad time, same bad channel, 9 a.m. Eastern time, I bid you uh, the following valedictory and... Uh, sayonara, so to speak. The monkey's dead. The show's over. Sue ya. Ta-ta.